Our story begins in the deep past, when a violent and expansionist people invented the hyperdrive to become the first civilization whose borders reached beyond its own solar system. The Ricada Infinite Empire would have a 10,000-year reign of dominance over their ter territories from 35,000 BBY until its collapse in 25,000 BBY. During this period, they fundamentally altered the course of galactic history, setting the stage for what would become the Jedi Order, the Galactic Republic, and, for our purposes here, the Wookiees of Kashyyyk. During their rule, the Rakatan influence would be seen for generations to come on cultures like the Salkath, the Sith, the Karelians, and more. For the Wookiees, however, the greatest impact would come after the Empire's destruction. When Kashyyyk was first discovered, it was a typical subtropical planet complete with multiple terrains like mountains, plains, swamps, but most notably the vast forests which covered its four continents. It had a very mild climate, and because the planet did not tilt on an axis, it more or less had a single season for its entire solar orbit. It was rich with all sorts of flora and fauna, and was teeming with life which grew out of its highly fertile soil. This made it a perfect candidate uh, as an agricultural world to be exploited by the Rakata to help feed its ever-expanding population base. When they conquered the world, they made quick work of the primitive natives, subjugating and enslaving them, a recurring theme for the proud Wookiees. Cutting down its jungles to make way for mass planet-wide farming, they destroyed the habitats of the many species of the world. They also engaged in many biological engineering practices to help get more crop yield using a wide variety of different technologies. When the Infinite Empire met its inevitable demise, they simply abandoned the planet and its indigenous inhabitants to rebuild on their own. When they initially found Kashyyyk, its Rorschach tree, though very large at perhaps 100 meters tall on average, were nowhere near what they would become after they vacated the world. The machines and chemicals which were left continued to work on autopilot without any direction. This resulted in a dramatic evolution of the Rorschach, causing it to grow over 1,000 meters tall on average, and commonly seeing many grow much larger than even this. For the next few millennia, these genetic monstrosities would come to shape and mold Wookiee culture, mythology, and even physiology. The great trees would become a focal point a religious and spiritual symbol for the people. They would build their homes high in its canopy, find their sustenance among its trees, and harden their warriors' prowess in its depths. You are listening to the Star Lores Podcast. I find 
the Toshi station to pick up some power converters. Biology. We would be remiss if we didn't first explore the unique physiological and biological characteristics of the people of the trees. The tall species was covered in a thick coat of shaggy fur that ranged in colors from light brown to black and insulated them from extreme temperatures as well as kept parasites off of their skin. They ranged from 7 to 8 feet tall, and would regularly weigh over 300 pounds, but you would hardly notice their size while watching them effortlessly scale kilometer-high trees or swing from vines in their natural habitats. Wookiees had a muscle in their hands that, when flexed, would bring out their large retractable claws that doubled as a tool, which was very useful in tree climbing, and a melee weapon, which was very useful in combat. They also had a very powerful sense of smell, helping them to detect danger as well as hunt for prey. Raw meat, in particular, would have a nearly psychotic effect on the species, causing them to go into a fit of rage, even getting into physical altercations over a meal. Though they would occasionally eat fruits, nuts, and greens, their long sharp fangs made them most adapted to eating meat. Like the claws, the fangs could also be used as weapons and Wookiees were known to use them on occasion. They were sharp enough to even pierce Trandoshan scales. They also possessed an incredible strength. Whatever a large 7-foot-tall, 300-pound human can lift in weight, a Wookiee could easily lift double that. On top of this, they were also known for delimbing enemies with their bare hands. He made a fair move. Screaming about it can't help you. I don't have it. It's not wise to upset a Wookiee. But sir, nobody worries about upsetting a droid. It's because a droid don't pull people's arms out of their sockets when they lose. Wookiees are known to do that. I see your point, sir. I suggest a new strategy, R2. Let the Wookiee win. If healthy and not killed in battle, the Wookiee can live well past 400 basic years, though once they get into the high 300s, they lose much of their strength, shrink in stature, and even get gray hair. From the age of 12 into their 300s, they can reproduce offspring, with many of the elders living long enough to see over a dozen generations of their own lineage within their lifetime. Generally, the males are about 10 to 20% larger than the females in both height and weight, and the women have six mammary glands to feed many fast-growing children. Gestation lasts a whole year, and the newborns come out quite large compared to other species at nearly three feet tall. They develop very rapidly, being able to walk and talk before they're one years old, and fully grown adults by twelve, though they were not given any place of prominence or responsibility in society until at least eighteen years old. Most Wookiees were considered to be at their physical peak around the age of 200. Because of their physiology, their vocal cords made it very difficult to speak Galactic Basic or most other phonetic languages, but there were some rare exceptions of Wookiees who could speak a passable Basic, like Ral Rarshan, 
the Kashyyyk ambassador to the Republic. In most cases, those who could converse in basic were taken as slaves by the empire while children. A Society Among the Trees Wookiee culture was situated primarily around two institutions, the life debt and the honor family. The life debt is a tradition that began from time immemorial, as no one can attest to when it began or the veracity of the legend in which it started. Many generations ago, a youngling by the name of Orofko had ventured into the Shadowland, the surface region of Kashik at the bottom of the trees, for the light of the sun could not reach. And through a series of events, he became trapped and was not able to make it back to the canopy. Orofko was nearly killed, were it not for an elder by the name of Stalpak, who ventured into the depths found the youth and saved him from certain death. The young Wookiee then committed his life to the service and protection of Stalpak until the day that he died. The story spread throughout the forest and quickly morphed into the genesis of the life debt. Though many other species like the Trandosians, Gungans, and Nogri also have a similar concept to the life debt, in their respective societies. It perhaps does not play as pivotal of a role as it does with the Wookiees. The people of the trees are an honor culture, and it is considered to be a great shame to violate this commitment. Doing so may even get one banished from their clan for such a sin. The debt, though, was not a carte blanche permission to the debtee to do whatever they wished with the debtor. It was not a slave contract. A Wookiee could refuse to behave in a dishonorable way if asked to do so by his debtee. There were further stipulations as well. In the case of the battlefield, if one saved is saved by another soldier, there is no obligation to commit a life debt as every combatant is bound to protect each other during the fighting. Furthermore, the honor family was another long-held tradition within the society, but its origins appear much more primal and abstract. In the case of the life debt, the Wookiee in question feels obligated to abide by it, though it is not by force, but their strong sense of duty makes them feel as if they must. In many cases, they may not even like the person to whom they owe the debt, This is not so with the Honor family. In this case, the Wookiee, entirely out of love and a desire to be a part of someone's life, includes them in their Honor family. In this tradition, a a member of another clan or even species, in many cases, will be considered kin. Chewbacca's relationship with Han Solo, Leia Organo Solo, and Luke Skywalker was one of the most famous examples of an honor family. Wookiees were monogamous and would generally only have two or three children in their lifetime, but as mentioned previously, 
they would see many generations due to their long life. The familial bond, however, extended far beyond their closest blood relatives, and they would organize in clans with the patriarch or chieftain at its head. There is a saying that it takes a village to raise a child, but in Wookiee society, this was literally true. It was very normal for parents to leave the village or planet for extended periods of time and entrust their kin to the care of the clan to be raised by aunts, uncles, grandparents, great-grandparents, elder siblings, and cousins. This cult cultural moray is partly why they develop honor families in the first place, as they value loyalty above all else. Another important artifact of Wookiee society was a strict taboo against using their claws in a fight. Often they would solve disputes through loud growling and posturing, and occasionally through wrestling. But should anyone ever use their claws, which were often very deadly, they would be banished to the Shadowlands and labeled a Mad Claw, the deepest shame one could endure. Wookiee civil society was structured in a very loose way, <clears throat> with each clan having a great deal of autonomy to live as they chose. Still, there was a hierarchy that encompassed all the peoples of Kashyyyk, with elder chieftains making a council and selecting a king as their leader. Grokchawa was the final king before the Republic was dissolved and the birth of the Galactic Empire, which would subsequently enslave the Wookiees and abolish the office. Though he was the last, he was remembered as being a great leader. It appeared as though, as the position that dealt with more foreign policy rather than domestic matters. The king would often go on intergalactic trade and diplomatic missions. On top of this, until the Senate's dissolution, Kashyyyk also had elected representatives in the political body. In Wookiee culture, the monarchy was not seen as prestigious or honorable as it is in most other cultures which is perhaps why it was generally stable, as there was hardly any competition for the throne. The kilometer-high skyline of trees was scattered with cities throughout, with the largest and capital city of Rukwaro being the most prominent. The treehouse cities were intricately and beautifully made, each dwelling with its own unique character. There were vast highways of rope bridges and skywalks that littered the forest, connecting one area to another. Though Rukroro was perhaps the most important city for trade and commerce, there was also the royal city where the elder council and king resided. Other places of import was Hrukuk, uh, which was a city center for industry and had a giant manufacturing facility built around the Rorschach. The Zerka Occupation Welcome to Adil. I trust you will find our facilities pass inspection. Zerka Corporation is very efficient. According to lore, 
the Wookiees believe they came to Kashyyyk as pioneers to protect and cultivate the world. There is, however, no evidence of this event happening, and according to the best scientific data, the species in its current evolutionary form has existed on the planet for at least two million years. Something of note, though, is that during the Rakata's subjugation of the world, they had brought a contingent of the people to the planet of Malata as slaves. The Infinite Empire, which had designs to make millions of Wookiee laborers for their strength, dexterity, and intelligence, foolishly brought only one tribe. The aggressive breeding program that was implemented produced inbreeding and subsequent deformities and mental retardations. They were shorter than the native Kashikans, and after a few generations, began to lose their hair and easily succumb to disease. It was a sad state of affairs, but perhaps this was where the legend of the pioneer Wookiees came from, and the story simply mutated over time. As we discussed here previously, the Rakata had abandoned Kashyyyk, and their deserted technology caused an evolutionary explosion on the planet, which led to it being all but completely overrun by the Warshirt Tree. During this time, the planet had very little to offer in terms of valuable resources, and the people themselves proved incredibly difficult to tame or conquer, making it not worth anyone's while. As the millennia passed, the world drifted into obscurity until it was completely forgotten by the wider galaxy. That was until the conclusion of the Great Sith War, where the Republic had gained a political foothold on known space. During this period, many large intergalactic conglomerates began to rise through the fray, gaining footholds in markets and many hundreds of planets, some of them as powerful as small governments. Among these organizations was the Zerka Corporation. Zerka was a mining company that had risen to prominence under the leadership of Pollard Sierra because of their profitability and perhaps unscrupulous business practices. They had been awarded large contracts from the Republic to help build the fleet and large infrastructure projects. While exploring for new planets to expand their operations, they stumbled upon Kashik, which they labeled Planet G5623, and quickly realized the exceptional physical capabilities of its native population. Later on, company shareholders voted to rename the world to Edian, dishonoring the Wookiee title of Kashik. Officially, the Republic had long abolished slavery, but there were bureaucratic loopholes that which could place a group of people into a state of virtual captivity. Zerka and its team of elite lawyers were more than happy to exploit these legal vulnerabilities. They set up a mining project on the world, though it was doomed for economic failure. It's not why they were there in any case. It was simply an inconvenient cost of doing business. After bribing a few local chieftains, not the least of which was the notorious Chundar, while gladly sold his people out for credits, they were able to take over its governance and more or less force the locals to submit to their laws and indentured servitude. The company officially classified the Wookiees as, quote, not sentient, in order to be legally allowed to turn them into beasts of burden. This also meant they could bring in the dregs of all the galaxy to come to the world in order to bid on their choice Wookiee. Their rule was heavy-handed and oppressive. That would all change soon enough. Around the year 3956 BBY, Zerka had been in Idian for over a decade 
when the arrival of the mysterious Jedi and his small crew landed in Rokoro in his unassuming ship, the Ebon Hawk. That Jedi turned out to be the mighty Revan, the Republic General of Mandalorian war fame, who had come out of exile to help lead a rebellion against the corporation. Through a series of events, Revan was able to organize with the disaffected Wookiees on the planet to overthrow Chundar and shed their corporate shackles. They drove the company off the planet, regained control of the government, and reverted the planet's name back to Kashyyyk. The Rise of the Wookiees There was a silver lining about the Zerka occupation. Firstly, that they avoided the worst effects of the Jedi Civil War, which ravaged many other planets, as they were seen as worthless, a perception which was mostly propagated by Zerka itself so as to hide their true operations. Secondly, virtually the entire planet was able to learn basic, as well as how to use modern technology. Despite being relatively primitive, their brains were advanced enough that they had not been in contact, had they not been in contact with any outside civilizations, they probably would have started to develop their own technology in the not too distant future. But this contact jump started that process. Not long after the corporation was driven out, a people from the neighboring planet in the same star system arrived with the intent to colonize Kashyyyk, the Trandosians. Probably seeing the exodus of the Zerka, they believed it would be an opportunity to expand their empire. The Wookiees, however, were not going to allow history to repeat itself. When the Trandoshans arrived, the locals were prepared and had an organized militia, as well as much of the weaponry that was left behind by Zerka. They put up a far more vicious resistance than the Trandoshans expected, and their relatively small colonization mission quickly realized that the world was far more than they bargained for. Forced to surrender and leave Kashyyyk, the Wookiees forced their adversaries to leave behind one of their space cruisers as tribute. It was this ship that gave a supercharge to Wookiee technological development. They disassembled, then reassembled the entire vessel, learning exactly how it worked and used their newfound knowledge to begin construction of a fleet of their own. Now a spacefaring species, they began to make contact with other civilizations, not the least of which was the Corellians. Not long after meeting them, they signed a trade deal together. However, because the Wookiees were still a young civilization by galactic standards, they didn't fully understand the legal frameworks or cultural customs of the Corellians. It was not long before they were once again being taken advantage of. Being young and naive, they found themselves in another difficult situation involving a more advanced people, but Corellia was a part of the Republic, and when the Republic heard what was happening with the Kashikans, the Alderaan Diplomatic Corps got involved. 
The ADC was able to get the Corellians to agree to renegotiate a more equitable trade deal. Along with this, they also granted the Wookiees official status in the Republic and invited them to have representatives in the Republic Senate. Not long after this, they were able to learn hyperdrive technology from the Duros. Kashyyyk became a manufacturing hub, and they spread their culture to many planets with the best universities on Alderaan teaching class classes about the people of the trees. The Wookiees were now galactic players. The Clone Wars and Beyond. The droids have started up their main power generators. Then now, the time is, Commander. Yes, sir. Millennia had passed, and the Wookiees had established themselves as well-respected spacefaring civilization. But the long period of peace and prosperity would soon end, and they would be forced to revisit their tragic history of subjugation. The troubles began to bubble to the surface when they attempted to colonize a moon called Alaris Prime, which they had discovered, or so they thought. When operations began, it was revealed that the moon was already being secretly occupied by the Trade Federation, which was unsanctioned by the Republic, and they had already granted rights of the world to the Wookiees. The conflict turned into a number of small skirmishes, and then escalated into an all-out war, culminating in a three-year-long battle for Alaris Prime. Ultimately, the Wookiees, led by the famous Chewbacca, won the war and drove the Trade Federation from Alaris. During this period, Trandoshans were not represented in the Senate. Instead, it was their more powerful neighbors, the Wookiees, who also spoke for them in the political body, and they deeply resented this. In fact, the Trandoshans had even lended material support for the Trade Federation against their rivals on Alaris in an attempt to weaken them. Tensions really began to mount when the Reptilians attempted a failed assassination on their representative in the Senate, Yarura. In response, the Wookiees blockaded Trandosha, not allowing anything to come in or out of the world in order to force them to submit. At this point, the Jedi Order got involved and was able to successfully mediate the dispute, at least temporarily, narrowly avoiding other galactic players from getting involved and possibly spilling into a larger war. It was not long after this that the Clone Wars finally broke out and the Trandoshans would ally themselves to the Confederacy of Independent Systems. The Wookiees, looking to avoid a war within their, their own star system, decided to remain neutral, but this would, not, would, this would be short-lived. King Grakchoawa's son was assassinated by the droid army, forcing him to respond. At this, they entered the conflict, siding with the Republic. The Confederacy used the droid army to mount an invasion of, on Kashyyyk as it was an important outpost on a critical hyperspace route 
which they needed for the wider war. However, the Republic sent a contingent of the clone army, as well as the Jedi and Yoda, who was a close friend to the Wookiees, to assist them in repelling the CIS. They won the Battle of Kashyyyk, but that victory would be short-lived. Palpatine had gained autocratic power over the Republic and the clone army. He crushed the Confederacy and then implemented Order 66, killing the vast majority of the Jedi Order, including those stationed on Kashyyyk. Then, the clones turned their guns on the Wookiees themselves and placed the world under martial law. This backstab enraged them, bringing back cultural memories of the previous occupations and betrayals they had endured in their history. They would not go down without a fight. For a couple of years, they rebelled and resisted, and though they fought valiantly, they could not match the might of the new galactic empire. Once the uprisings were brutally put down, the Wookiees who'd once again been bought and sold as slaves. To add insult to injury, it was the Trandoshans who were able to cozy up to the Emperor and convince him to enslave the people. They were also tasked with killing any Wookiees who tried to escape Kashyyyk. For the coming decades, they would yet again be haunted by the specter of being a subjugated people, being brutally treated and discriminated against by the Empire, but not all hope was lost. The Alliance of Free Planets had destroyed the first Death Star, and then the second at the Battle of the Endor in 4ABY, killing Palpatine and crippling the regime, ultimately leading to them being able to expel their remaining Imperials from their world, joining the New Republic, and once again being a free people. Thanks for flying with us. Jordan here. Just wanted to let everyone know what's happening here at the Star Lords podcast. Star Lords is now on Discord. If you would like to join the Star Lords Cantina Discord server, you can find a link in the description or on any of our social media accounts. Reach out with a DM or email. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching the Star Lords podcast. Go ahead and give our page a like and send us a message. You can also email at starlorespodcast at gmail.com. Send us your fan art, Star Wars collections, or fan fictions, and you may even get a feature on one of our pages or even the show. Don't be afraid to offer corrections or add to any of the topics that we discuss on the show. We are also on Patreon, so if you want to help us pay the bills as well as get a few awesome perks like bonus episodes, access to the private Facebook group, or the VIP section of the Discord server. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash starlores and sign up for as little as one US dollar a month. And finally, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher app or YouTube, as well as sending us a five-star review on iTunes. This really helps us reach a wider audience. Enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome aboard the Millennial Falcon. This is Jordan. This is Christian. We are here at the Wookiee Cultural Center, um, learning all about the history of the proud people of the trees. Is uh, Where's the Cultural Center? Are we on Kashyyyk? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, we're in Rukroro. Oh, <laughs> I wish I could say the names of these places, yeah. but our Wookiee accents are terrible. You have yeah. to forgive us. Um, okay. 
First question, Wookiees. <laughs> Primate or canine? Neither. Bigfoot. <laughs> Sasquatch. <Yeah. laughs> well, okay, so here's the thing. Um, obviously, there's that, like, immediate association in your mind when you see a Wookiee. And now you have to remember that the that Star Wars came out in 79, 78, the first one? 77. Oh, 77. Yeah, yeah, maybe 77. The uh, Patterson Gimlet um, uh, uh, Sasquatch film came out in like 1967 Uh. (laughs) or something, 10 years before. And that's kind of when the the Sasquatch phenomenon blew up, right? So obviously everyone is going to... Have that on the brain. Yeah, they're going to look at Chewbacca and think, uh, oh, Sasquatch or Bigfoot. But no, <laughs> that you'd be wrong. It would be incorrect because that's not what George Lucas was thinking when he created Chewbacca. He was thinking of his dog. <laughs> so canine. Yes. And um, uh, yeah, so like a Sasquatch is obvious. The, you know, the sort of theory is a, primate. Yeah, yeah, primate, gigantic pithecus or something like that. Yeah. Um, Some human offshoot or something. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, so, Wook, so Lucas actually based Chewbacca off his own dog. And, you know, there are some f- biological features of the Wookiees, like the retractable claws, um, which isn't a typical thing in primates. Yeah, it's more of a f- feline thing. It's not even a dog. Yeah, thing. That, dogs don't really yeah, retract their claws. That's true. Um, but even like the teeth, also also the strong sense of smell is yeah. like a canine thing, right? So there are like <laughs> these things. So I don't actually know. Also the the um, the mammary glands, the six yeah. <laughs> six nipples, an it, important feature. Yeah, yes. is also like more. That's a canine feature, yeah. not a not primate, a feature. primate feature. Um, I will say even behaviorally, Chewbacca being like that loyalty yes, often associated yes, with dogs, 100%, and yeah. the whole thing of like you're an owner to a dog, like. No one understands your dog's language per also, se, but well, you do as their owner. Kind of like also Chewie. the whole like honor family is like yeah, uh, like you're adopting the, the dog to into the, your family. Yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> the, to the Wookiee, like you're if you're in the honor family to them, you're literally their part family. of their family. Yeah, like that's and that's how people treat their dogs, right? Yeah, like this. Is, <laughs> so there is like these actually like canine um, associations. Parallels. Yeah. So here's a. Uh, uh, I'll let you guys debate that amongst yourselves. Here's one more also to throw into the mix. <laughs> okay. Ursine, bear-like. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of people have an argument about bears being dog-like or cat-like or yeah, something in between too. I guess that there's some, I guess they think that at some point their evolution diverged and yeah. they became the canine, feline, and ursine. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I mean that could be that could be. I mean, no, maybe, I think I think by they're just in a category all of their own. Yeah, we could say. <laughs> I think Wookies would resent us speaking about them like animals, right in the middle we're of their being, cultural center. We're very being loud. so racist. <laughs> well, all the Wookie staff can hear us. <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyways. Uh. Uh. Yeah. So. I, a few notes about Wookiees, kind of behind the scenes. Um, George Lucas flip-flopped on allowing Wookiees to be Jedi. Um, uh, 
at first he let Lobaka become a Jedi, but then he didn't really like it. And then Lobaka was sort was kind of was kind of retconned. Um, then during the Clone Wars animated series, uh, Lucas allowed Wookiees to be Jedi, Jedi again. again. So he he kind of like flip flopped on whether or not. I'm pretty sure you also have a Jedi in the Tales of the Jedi. Yeah, there's another on. Jedi Wookiee. Um, there there are a few. There's there's one too during the just the regular Republic era who dies yeah. shortly before, I think episode one. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so there are a few sprinkled around. Suffice it to say, they are rare, um, but they do exist. Yeah, but they do exist, and I was actually reading that um, the Jedi believed that the Wookiees had like a natural connection to the Force. Yeah, and that was like part of their whole spirituality and stuff with uh, um, their sort of like connection with the to tree, nature. Yeah, yeah, these tree huggers. You know? <laughs> uh, but so you know. Uh, but that just because you have like maybe a uh, natural proclivity towards the force doesn't necessarily mean you're cut out to be a Jedi. Yeah, yeah. And there's lots of species like that. Yeah, exactly. So, oh. yeah. Um, so it, okay, here's another um, more controversial part about the <laughs> Wookiees is um, can they speak basic? Okay. In Legends, there's actually a couple sources that Wookiees either can or cannot. There's contradicting sources saying yeah. that they can and cannot speak. And even basic. examples of some speaking basic. Yes. So uh, in um, uh, in Disney, in the Disney canon, they, they I guess it, officially they cannot speak basic. But uh, in Timothy Zahn's uh, Thrawn series, yeah. there is a character named Rao Ruchin who can speak basic and um i've recently read the book and i have to say i not a fan (laughs) (laughs) yeah have you have you listened to the audiobook version yeah so i went i wasn't i went and listened to it and even less of a fan (laughs) (laughs) after you hear someone try to do it it's so bad it's so cringe it's pretty cringe now i actually actually i kind of understand i think he did it um for efficiency yeah. in writing because you didn't want to write in like a translator droid or something like that or have like have to write out every time they interact it growls and you somehow understand yeah, what it's yeah. saying and like it just adds so much more to get something across exactly yeah. so i think he was almost maybe being lazy but the book was kind of getting long too so uh he, he sort of like basically made a um executive decision <laughs> and said wookies can now speak basic which i completely disagree with <laughs> they shouldn't be allowed to speak basic like there are vocal cords and structure like yeah like he did present it as like it was hard for Rower train to speak basic but yeah. he could do it <clears throat> um but i i in my view like they should be physiologically incapable of of doing it right um and also in KOTOR, uh, there's actually a dialogue with a Zerka employee, employee who literally says they cannot. So that's a, it's like a total contradiction. So I, I will say a way to retcon that would be to say that the Zerka employee is lying because the Zerka employees <laughs> look down on the Wookiees and that's true, are like, yeah. oh, they're, they're not even a human. They, yeah. they couldn't speak. Yeah. Even if they tried. They yeah, couldn't. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a way around it. That is true. Um, but in any case, yeah, clearly we have contradictions. 
yeah yeah there is there is some contradictions and this is uh, one point where i will kind of more agree with disney that like Wookiees should <laughs> should not be able to <laughs> should shouldn't be like it's fine that everyone who could everyone can understand their language and yeah. the Wookiees can inversely understand everyone else's language yeah that's fine but i don't think uh they should be and even like humans I don't know if they should be able to speak. Um, yeah, so in the Disney world, you have Han Solo speaking <laughs> yeah. Wookiee, which he never does in previously. Yeah. Uh, which is also... Um, which is... I so- mean, it's funny-ish, but kind of... Yeah, I, I and I forgot to mention the Wookiee language is uh, uh, Shri Wook or whatever. Um, but yeah, the whole episode on Wookiees and didn't even touch on their language. We got to yeah, do a language. We will do an, a language. I know. I it was getting. I didn't want it to be too long, but uh, yeah. that's why I'm touching on it here. Stay tuned to our languages episode. <laughs> yeah. and we'll touch on it then too. <laughs> yeah, and you'll hear our samples so. <laughs> of us attempting to speak Wookiee. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so those are just some like controversies to get out of the way about, <laughs> about the Wookiees. Um, uh, yeah, and the, oh yeah, one more point. There is also a source book in '87 before the Zahn novels came out that claimed Wookiees were not able to speak Galactic Basic. Um, so yeah, there's like a lot of retconning and contradictory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, anyways. Um, also, if you want to, um, actually, I'll bring this up at the end. Uh, so, uh, uh, let me see here. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I didn't, again, for brevity, I didn't quite uh, touch on this, um, that the, the Wookiees did get enslaved very briefly one more time at the end of... Uh, after the fall of the empire or not the fall of the empire but the the rise of the new republic Republic, um so about a year after the battle of andor uh the imperials came back and briefly enslaved the wookies but han solo lando calrissian and uh chewbacca came and basically led an uprising and and kicked the empire off oh. again yeah but it was sort of like a, a small episode and uh so yeah but like I a did, one-off adventure type thing. Yeah, yeah so i did want to mention that that they they were enslaved again but it was uh pretty brief um uh but there's there's also like a lot of um like their history isn't over after the battle of endor right like they become again members of the new republic and they're also like pretty involved in the uh yuzhan vong war yeah um, they have uh yeah they have quite a bit of uh, involvement in that um and then uh Wookie warriors are great allies to have on yeah. the battlefield so. yeah exactly um yeah uh and then also like i wanted to mention too as well that the um kind of what's a bit of a maybe it's presented in some media, but like definitely not. So like in the, uh, yeah, what is it? Uh, Revenge of the Sith where the battle of Kashyyyk. Yeah. Um, you, you sort of see the battle happen on a, like on a coast, on a beach. Yeah. yeah on a beachhead. Um, and this is like, this is actually not really representative of what the 
Rorschach forest. Like the actual forest is yeah. like so thick. There's no sunlight on the on the, on the ground. Yeah, on yeah. The ground. yeah. Like the coast. A like you already have massive trees on the coast to begin with. Yeah, like those, that in theory is like the shortest trees. Yeah, exactly. It's those are even tiny for what Kashik is normal. Yeah, for. those are just like like this is like on the very edge of where their city. It's probably it makes sense. It would be like a defensive outpost, right? Yeah. Like to to stop them from incur making an incur the the droid armory from making an incursion into the actual cities, but uh, like like Wookiee cities are crazy and uh they're like quite populated and they actually like became a manufacturing hub <laughs> and uh like there there was these like huge factories that were built around Rorschach trees like it, i guess maybe the vertical way of doing it made it um, masters of green tech yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly so it's it's I like um you know, it's actually like I wish there was like more pictures depicting it because yeah. it's in like the books, but it's it's not, described verbally, yeah, but not yeah. You don't you don't see, see a lot of representation. Yeah, I feel like it, it, especially with like today's technology, like you could really make do it some, justice. Some beautiful depictions of yeah. of uh, Wookiee cities that would just be like you know pretty incredible, like just visually uh, stunning, like stunning thing to see. You know, so. Um, in some ways, they almost remind me of like elves with their architecture naturally blending yeah, into the yeah. environment. Yeah, yeah. And another thing too is what is kind of cool is like they nothing is like like other than the fact that they're helping like manufacturing for the republic, like mass producing stuff. The actual like architecture there, none of it is like mass produced. It's all like unique. Um, it's artisanal. Yeah, yeah. and it, each like clan builds their own. Um, their own like uh, huts or houses, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and it's like they're usually like filled with lots of art and carvings and stuff. And they actually, the Wookiees really spend like a lot of time carving with their claws. Yeah. Uh, and they make some, they, they make like, that's like a, another big part of their culture is, is uh, their carving. So that's um, cool. We can yeah. collect some artifacts. Here, yeah. Maybe <laughs> they don't sell them to us. We can steal one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, anyways, uh, okay. Uh, one last thing I wanted to bring up, um, and I think we maybe mentioned this in our uh, Return of the Jedi review, is yeah. that the Battle of Endor should have been the Battle of Kashyyyk. Yeah. And it should have been Wookiees and not, not Ewoks. Ewoks. Yeah. The Ewoks never should have. I can, <laughs> I can buy a Wookiee. Yes. fighting <laughs> off an imperial garrison a lot more than a uh, an Ewok. Yeah, exactly. And it would have made like a lot more sense because you could have said, "Well, the Imperials are enslaving Wookies, and so the Wookies have a, a a bone to pick with them, right?" Yeah. Like, whereas the Ewoks have like no no, no real no reason. To, yeah, and in fact, the Imperials would have no reason to do anything to the Ewoks. They're yeah, like, like of zero importance. importance. <laughs> yeah. But the Wookiees actually would have some importance. And Kashyyyk, as we mentioned, is like an important uh, hyperspace route. And Wookiees were enslaved to build the first Death Star. So yes. we're better to build your second Death Star than right over the planet where you're generating your slaves from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. a natural. <laughs> the, so much of it like makes so much more sense, but for some reason. I, it was, I think it was the intent, but the limitations of the time. <sighs> Yeah, I know. I, I guess 
I get you couldn't have depicted the trees the way. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, right. The like think how much uh, how much takes place on the ground floor of Endor. Yeah. And that's just the the large trees they have in California there, the big red forests yeah. or whatever. Um, Maybe they should have done it on Trandosha <laughs> with the Trandosians. That would have been cool. I would have, I I love that <laughs> dynamic between Trandosians and Wookiees. Oh yeah, it's it's, um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and like Trandosians take Wookiee pelts and hair yeah. braids and stuff as trophies because they're like prolific hunters and like yeah, and they also are like there's a lot of trandoshan and wookie bounty hunters too and, yeah and they yeah, always get at each other yeah very uh godzilla versus king kong yeah. <laughs> yeah, vibes going on so love it yeah um one thing kind of touching on the the use of wookie claws um i like the whole concept of mad claws and how wookies like really try to distinguish themselves from animals yes like yeah. to them it's very culturally important and that's also like a a racist stereotype against Wookiees is that they're just dumb animals. Yes. And Wookiees try very hard to shed that comparison. Yeah. Uh, so they, they rely on their claws. No, your claws are tools. Right. You're a civilized person. And if you use your claws in, like, they very well can use their claws for fighting, but it makes you an animal yeah, to do yeah. that. And that's why you get ostracized. Yeah. And actually, the thing, another thing about, like, Wookiees are actually, uh, very like non-violent and civilized like they're and they're not peaceful. just these beasts yeah. yeah they're they're very peaceful like, yeah they're not looking to fight or conquer or conquest yeah or, and they're actually like they're very easy to get along with as long as you know you treat them with respect and whatnot um yeah. but uh, yeah it's um that is uh, there they have like a couple triggers like raw meat and um and losing games like <laughs> you, you don't want to you don't like as long as you avoid those things then you're gonna be mostly okay with movies, <laughs> you, know? you could even stand in the middle of their cultural center yeah. and make <laughs> egregious comments well they just think we're ignorant uh, humans that's right? true so. um one more cool comparison well comparison and the might support the primate argument they remind me a lot too of how gorillas operate with their family bands yeah and even like so the one weird thing is if wookies are are carnivores based on the the reaction to, to meat um gorillas are are largely they are omnivorous but they eat way more plants yeah, than they yeah. do meat by a large margin yeah and they are also known for big fangs and immense strength. Yeah. But they're not, they're pretty peaceful, more or less. Yeah. Um, and like revolve around these family structures that right. they, they depend on. So that's. Yeah. And they, they're like patriarchal too, right? Yeah. There's like a, a silver silverback who, yeah. who leads the troop or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it, there, there's. It seems like a lot of like ideas were borrowed from different <laughs> different species, yeah, different <laughs> species. Uh, but uh, I, you know, Wookies are just they're a classic, right? Yeah, classic they're Star Wars. One of my favorite oh, characters yeah, growing yeah. up was Chewbacca because he was a Wookie. Yeah, and I just yeah, I, I love. I've always loved Wookies, and yeah. I loved being able to see an army of them in Episode Three. Um, totally, as like modern quote-unquote modern yeah, soldiers yeah. and they have their own tech yeah. they have their own ships the that iconic are like, bow cast yeah you know. uniquely constructed yeah so yeah totally yeah there's a lot of cool things about wookies and save the washer trees yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what what's actually funny is like i couldn't actually i 
in my mind, I sort of assumed the Rorschach tree would be like the perfect lumber for um, empires to want right. to harvest. Yeah, like a, like a natural no, resource. There's like there's yeah. no uh, no one speaks of it at all. Like no one cares about the Rorschach <laughs> tree, which I'm almost like surprised. Like I'm more interested in the inhabitants yeah. than the trees. I mean, you could always say the wood like isn't very good for yeah. using in construction or something. Or maybe like it dies naturally when you cut it down. Yeah. So uh-huh. the Wookiees can use it on their planet because it's a living tree. Yeah. But the minute you harvest it, it kind of loses its integrity or something. Yeah, I kind of doubt that because Wookiees also use make armor out of the wood. Yeah. So I would imagine it la- it must Has have some, some longevity. Dura- durability. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess you could always like treat it somehow, but Sure. Yeah. Um, now we're just writing the lore for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh but uh yeah, I don't I I don't know. It sort of seems like it. Maybe there is material I just haven't come across. Yeah. Or maybe it's more of a luxury good. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Also consider how hard it is to harvest such an immense item. Yeah. That's like mining a mountain yeah well i know but that that's exact you only have to like take one that's true yeah even a branch (laughs) you're good a branch is like the size of a regular tree right so um but also another funny thing about the rorschach tree is uh it's actually not just on uh, kashik there are other planets with rorschach trees but Mm -hmm. none of them with the same um uh with the same growth size, factor yeah, yeah. Uh, because of the uh technology that yeah, they were exposed to the, yeah they were kind of infinite which uh, there's maybe some contradictions too with oh the, so uh, now we're now we're flipping from uh uh Kashik being like an all-natural yeah. environment uh, to actually being the result of gmos yeah oh, and yeah. actually it's a gmo hellscape yeah yeah. In which well, case we need to torch the worship trees. I mean, I think that all all that story came in after Kotor, you know, and they they started writing like Dawn of the Jedi and stuff. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's um cuz there's yeah, there's other maybe contradictory claims about the Wookiees. But anyways, um if anyone wants to uh, check out the Wookiee Cultural Center. You can go to www.wookiecenter.org. <laughs> that that's their official site on the Hollow Net, and you can. I literally mean that. You can go there, and uh, <coughs> it gives you all sorts of funny, cool information about. Uh, They're paying us for this promotion, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think. Okay. Um. Anyways, yeah, I think that's about it. That's all I had to say about the Wooks. Awesome. Hey, you can't (laughs) use that word. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Peace.